You are listening to You Should Write a Book with Camille Pagan. I'm Camille, a certified coach, the best-selling author of 10 books, and the founder of Even Better Co. Each week, I coach aspiring to establish authors on how to write books, actually enjoy the process, and create even better writing careers. Kim, thank you so much for being here today. What can I help you with? I need help um, finding my readers mm-hmm. and marketing my books. Everyone says, oh, find your reader, find your reader, but no one tells you how to find your reader. So that's what I need help with. So tell me a little about what you write. I write historical fiction and hauntings. Oh, nice. Together? Um, they're getting ready to merge. Um, they merged a little bit. Uh, my Dream a series, which is about a haunted antique dealer, um, does have history bits in it. Then I have another series that's just straight historical fiction. But there's always, a, every book I write, there's a ghost in there somewhere. So I'm getting ready to actually mesh and write haunted historical fiction. Okay. So so I like to think about branding and finding readers and marketing from the purest form first. So I like to think about, I write blank for blank or about blank. So if you write historical fiction and hauntings about like, is there a through line? Are they about a certain kind of people? What are the themes? And it doesn't have to come out perfectly at first, but let's think about how you describe your books to a reader. Um, and that gets a little tricky because uh, I have the elevator pitches, um, but I basically uh, describe them as um, gosh, now, <laughs> now I'm kind of I know it's so hard to do on it's the spot, hard. but it's, hard. it's good um, to practice because you want to be able to say whether you're next to someone on the plane or talking to a reader, agent, publisher, it doesn't really matter. It should roll off your tongue. Right. Um, the, the historical fiction one rolls off my tongue pretty easily because that's okay. an easy one. It's, um, about an Irish immigrant who is fleeing persecution and abuse and she stumbles upon the Underground Railroad. That's how nice. lives intertwine. Yeah. So that one's easy. The The Dreamist series is about um, Sarah Holden, an antique and estate dealer who helps um, the dead resolve something missing in their, their manner of death through her dreams. She can communicate with them through her dreams. So those both sound amazing to me. I want you to think about how you can summarize your books, even if you haven't written as many as you'd like to. Really thinking about what is that brand? And branding, for me at least, from my perspective, is really simple. So I write witty books about women who find meaning and usually love in the middle of life's messes. That's my branding. I like that. (laughs) And I have a couple other ways to say it, but that's kind of the simple one. And so you hear that I'm not talking about whether it's romance or women's fiction, and I kind of do both. I am not telling you about the stories themselves directly. I'm just giving you kind of a big picture view of what I do. Okay. And so even if it's not here, Kim, I would think about how can you describe what you do so that most people who read books could get it? Because that is where we start with marketing. Can you describe it in a way where a reader can clearly say, oh, that's for me, or it's not for me. Because those, like whenever we get bad ratings or a couple stars or something like that, 
It just means that that person's not your reader. And the clearer you can be about what that book offers, the less likely you are to have that. I learned this the hard way. My first book, uh, my publisher gave me a very somber cover and my books are witty. They tackle big topics in a light way. And they had this ballerina on the front. It was a beautiful cover, but it did not match the tone. And the jacket copy too was a little bit more serious. And so when readers got into it, some of them said I was expecting something really different. And I have to tell you that's informed every book since because it wasn't that the book was bad. It wasn't my best work, but it's fine. It's that the reader expectation didn't match what the book was. And so we just start there. I like that. Go for the reader's expectation. That's really good. Um, okay, so how would you describe what I'm, or do I need to kind of come up with it? I'm right now. I'm, of course, as a typical writer, I'm having brain block. <laughs> well, because we're better on paper. I'm always better on paper. Even when I'm coaching, I'm taking notes because it helps right. me see the words to think about. So don't worry about that and you will work through it. But let's think about what are common themes in your books okay. and even think about books that you will write. So mine, I always think about life affirming because my core message is what a gift it is to be alive at this particular moment with the people in our lives. Right. You know, we're all in this spinning orb at the same time. And I just think that's amazing. So what are themes for you that really go across series, across books? Um, obviously the hauntings. I don't do like the slasher stuff or satanic stuff. I, yep. I, most of us love a good old fashioned ghost story. You know, mm -hmm. as girls, we had our slumber parties growing up and we were always telling ghost stories. Mm -hmm. So I like a good old fashioned ghost story, but the underlying, I guess, aspect of it is discovering that even if you're different, that's okay. Mm. And that there's always people that will accept you and that we all have to look deeper we can't look at the surface of a person and their actions sometimes you have to dig deeper and this might be the psychologist in me there's a reason that people act what they do and sometimes we could just be kind to each other and patient and more accepting mm -hmm. life would be so much easier for all of us because the the protagonist in um the dream series she's had to suffer with these haunted dreams her whole life and everyone you know her parents thought she was crazy sent her to a shrink you know nobody believed her Mm -hmm. Until she met her best friend. And here's somebody who accepted her for who she was. Um, I think there's something there. I love the phrase good old-fashioned ghost stories. Okay. But anything I offer you, you're going to want to test on your actual ideal readers. Sure. That something about reveal that being different is completely normal. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> right. You know, because you're a psychologist. I'm uh -huh. a coach. We're yeah. like... Oh, all the thoughts you're having are really, really common. And we all think we're alone in them, but we're not. And they're just not. Yes. And that's beautiful. And you might even think about, well, what does that mean? Okay. Is there a grace in that, a beauty, a, okay. a relief? And I want you to think about how do your readers feel when they read your books? Okay. And that might not go in your copy, but it's really good information for you. Um, I know that a lot of them have expressed, because um, the first of the Dreama series um, has been out for almost a year now, and people are just loving it. But what they love is the friendship. What I hear the most is they love the friendship between Sarah and Danny and the closeness that they have and the fact that they can read each other so well 
And they're so different, but yet they're just bonded together. That's what I'm, seems to be resonating the most. Yeah. Something around lasting bonds or deep bonds. Ooh, that's good. It's like you're a writer. <laughs> and you might put that in your extended marketing copy. Okay. Whether it's your jacket copy or what you're putting on your website. Okay. It doesn't have to be long and complicated. In fact, no matter what you write, even if you, I know this isn't um, you necessarily, but for those listening, if you write literary fiction, that doesn't mean writing 17 paragraphs. Short is always better. There's a reason why I used to um, write for WebMD for years and years and years. And millions of readers come to that site. And a lot of them are very educated. And everything is written from a sixth to eighth grade reading level. Mm -hmm. Because that is, if you can distill it down to that, it is most valuable. Use your big words in your prose. You know, if you like that, go for it. But really being clear. It's clear. I'm writing all of this down. <laughs> yeah. So Kim, tell me how much interaction do you have with your readers? Are you, do they email you ever? Do you read reviews at all? And there's no wrong answer here, but I'm curious to know where you can get some direct feedback from them. Okay. It's a bizarre thing. Um, I've been writing for 10 years. I am also a performer. So I travel okay. Southeast presenting and performing on the Victorian era. Okay. That's just where my heart and soul is. So um, I have a Facebook author page where I get a lot of interaction. Um, Instagram, I get a lot of interaction. Great. Um, I've got the thing hooked up on my website to for a newsletter, but I'm technologically impaired, like you wouldn't believe. And I'm terrified to put out that first newsletter because I'm afraid that I won't be able to get all the, the emails entered in right. Um, I know I've got to bite the bullet and just go out there. And then I have a blog and it's the strangest thing. Sometimes I get tons of interaction with it and other times nobody even gives it a second thought. Mm -hmm. so I'm very kind of frustrated because I feel like I'm doing all the things that they tell you to do, mm -hmm. but I still don't feel like I'm reaching readership. I'm trying to, I guess, break into book clubs. I feel like that's where um, you get the most uh, readership is through a book club. Well, it depends on the reader. Okay. That's where any blanket advice may not apply to you. Okay. And I'm not saying don't look at book clubs. Um, I want to tackle a couple different things here. First, how consistent are you in these things? In terms of the blog, when you're seeing tons of interaction, is there any pattern there that you've observed? Um, interestingly enough, it seems to be when I'm talking about personal stuff, mm -hmm. um, we live in an area where Hurricane Ian was threatening us, but he waved hello and then kept going. Thank God. Um, so I was, I was posting that day on my blog, a couple of posts with pictures of the way the storm looked. I did a video of when the storm was moving through, Hey, we're okay. This is, you know, it's good writing day. I'm stuck inside. Mm -hmm. Um, so that seemed to resonate. But yeah, when I put out something saying I'm looking for pre-readers for the new next book, mm -hmm. I got like one person that looks. So I don't know. Somebody told me that if, if it's moving like a video or the TikTok stuff that people, it draws them in more. Yeah. And I have a tendency to just use photos because I'm technologically impaired. <laughs> so that is where the trend is going. But if you look at any of my social media, I don't really do videos. Right now, I don't have the capacity to do that. And it's fine. Right. It's we don't have to do what everyone else is doing. What I would really like you to do is think about where are the people who want to hear from you about books at? 
And it sounds like you have a couple different things here. Instagram, terrific. Facebook author page, fantastic. Uh, we'll come back to the newsletter in a minute. Okay. But really, actually, the newsletter goes with this perfectly. I want you to really think about your marketing as a testing. Okay. Don't worry about getting it right. What you're really looking for is data right now. So let's say that you put the newsletter together. And I would argue, and I think most book marketing people would agree, your newsletter is your best friend. If I could do anything differently, mm -hmm. going back and telling my 10 years ago self, I would have said, put your newsletter together. And now you'll see in my bios, um, in my self-published books, in the front matter and the back matter, I have a sign up. It's all there because it's really important. It's the only piece that you own. We don't own our Instagram audience. We don't own our Facebook, TikTok. Any of that could go away at any second. And that does happen. People just get banned for no reason. Yeah. So newsletter, but let's say you do it wrong, Kim. <laughs> yeah. So what? Yeah. Good point. Then you'll learn how to do it right. Good point. <laughs> I think I needed permission to do that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, you take the fear right out of it. <laughs> yeah. This podcast is an exercise in so what, yeah. right? I, I thought it was going to be a general life coaching podcast. It was part of my master coach training um, to do this. And 85% of the people who came to me said, I want book coaching. And I was like, oh, of course. So the first five episodes are on general life topics and the rest are on book coaching. So what? It's not perfect. How do we find out? By doing it. By doing it. And I collect data in my profession. So you'd think I would have figured that out. <laughs> well, we don't often make the connection because writing matters so much to us. To a writer, it is part of your identity for most people in a way that a lot of other things aren't. I know as a journalist, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm a great journalist. I didn't feel that that was a piece of who I was. As right. a fiction writer, that is the essence of my soul. So... Of course, you're approaching it differently. I had someone compare it to giving birth once. Yeah. When you put out a book, it's like your child. You, yes. you created this thing and now you're putting it out in the world and it's terrifying if someone comes back and says something horrible about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're defensive. That was beautiful what you said. I want you to just think about testing more often. And I even think about testing with books. I know this can be hard to do at the beginning of your career. But every time you put out a book, you are just getting information as to whether or not it works. All right. And there's some convergence of what your readers want and what you really want to write. And that's your sweet spot. That's what you're looking for. And the only way to figure out is to test. Okay. But looking at it as data. So when I work with coaching clients, we talk a lot about data because it just brings us back to neutral mm -hmm. and depersonalizes it. Right. And for marketing, that's a lot easier to do when we look at it that way. So when I post on Instagram, sometimes I'll have 400 likes and sometimes I'll have 50. Yeah. And yeah. it's not a big deal because I just think, oh, well, that one didn't land. Maybe I'll do less of that going forward. Okay. Even maybe it didn't land with the algorithm. So most of the social media platforms really like faces. It's literally in the name of Facebook, right? Exactly. When you show human faces in a photo, it tends to work better. Okay. And so you pick up and then you also make decisions that align for you. All right. If you're like, I love posting my books. I don't want to put my face in there all the time, which by the way is me. Like <laughs> there are only so many photos of me that are going to go on there. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 
Have you done any paid marketing? And if so, what has worked for you? I have not. And that's another thing where the fear factor comes in. I'm on such a limited budget. Um, I started out as a traditionally published author. I am now indie and I much prefer that because I like, it's my child. Yeah. It's my decision. That control um, is beautiful. It is a beautiful thing. And so I, I spend my money on um, my, ed- my editors, my cover design, and I have someone who does the marketing graphics for me. She's brilliant. Okay. Great. So that's where my money is. And sadly, there's no money left for really anything else. You answered no, but the answer is yes. So okay. every single one of those pieces is marketing. Your cover tells people how the book should be in the marketplace. How should they perceive it? Right. Covers are the most important thing. Yeah. Then the blurb, which is free. Lovely. Editing, we could maybe argue that that's most important too, because it needs to be good. Yes. For your audience, right? Not perfect, but it needs to match, you know, that convergence of like what I love to write, what the audience wants making sure there are no plot holes, no, you know, major errors, things like that. So, and you're paying for graphics too. So you are doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, I am not a person who jumps right away to lots of paid marketing. I do a lot of it on my own. And you could start by just boosting an occasional post for five to $10, just getting into the algorithm more. So when I say paid marketing, I'm not saying hire someone. Gotcha. So when you say boost post, you're talking about like on Instagram and Mm -hmm. you can hit that little button that says boost the post. Yes. And you can pick your audience and you can put in just a couple dollars and then test. Because one of the problems with paying a lot on marketing right away is that we don't know if it's going to work. So that's where I come back to starting with yourself to figure out what works. Okay. Getting that data, spending a little bit of money. All right. And then maybe if you see more sales doing more of that. And if you don't see a difference, doing less of that. That's the other beauty of self-publishing is we're able to monitor that data a little better. Yeah. It's not every six months I get a royalty statement that was for last year and I have no idea what worked. This is different. So that alone is beautiful. Mm -hmm. It is. Okay. um, So kind of swinging back, everyone's Mm -hmm. talking about, and you kind of answered this already, but I want to kind of make sure. So like YouTube channels, what do you feel about those doing a YouTube channel, like um, the Patreon and stuff? My general advice is focus on one to two things. Okay. Because your first and primary job is to write. Exactly. Secondary is to line up all those pieces that you're already doing to make sure that they are on target for your market. So the editing, the cover design, the marketing graphics, and from there, pick just one or two things, make a habit of it. Because what works is going to be different for every writer. Some writers, great success on YouTube. Others have podcasts. Others show up on Instagram all the time. And some do none of it. And that's also fine. Yeah. Wow. So it's like, what would you actually like to do? For me, I like to be on Instagram. I'm not a Twitter person. Too much shouting for me. Yeah, I don't don't go there. It's too negative. Yeah. Um, I love Instagram because it's just, to me, it's filled with beauty and other artists. And yes. that's why I love it. Um, I do feel the strongest connection on Instagram. Um, my Facebook author page, my Instagram account allows me, as soon as I post on Instagram, it automatically posts there too. Mm-hmm. So I get the double whammy with one click, which I love. Um, so I would 
think about doing Instagram better. Okay. Doing Facebook as an extension of that because they can really go together. Uh And then if I was to give you just flat out advice, I wouldn't hop over to YouTube or anything like that. I'd really just think about growing your newsletter. Okay. And the newsletter. Got it. Tammy Lebrecht, I believe I'm, I think that's her last name. She has a book called Newsletter Ninja. It's excellent. Newsletter Ninja. I love the name. Lim Little Guide tells you exactly how to get your newsletter going. She has a lot there about, some of this I haven't even done, but it's really smart about having a lead magnet where you're giving away a little bit of free content in order to get people to sign up. Okay. And I've started writing some haunted short stories. Oh, perfect. For that reason. Yep. And I also have, you know, I don't know if other authors do this. They probably do. Um, where there's certain scenes that you just pull out, at the, you know, when you finish your final edit, it's like, yeah, it was great, but we don't need all of that. And I thought about sometimes giving some of the backstories that you don't hear about that don't make it. Would that be something appropriate to put in a newsletter? So you're going to smile, but I'm going to tell you to test it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Makes sense. Okay. Um, test stuff. I mean, I even did this with my coaching newsletter. Mm-hmm. It was just putting out different topics seeing how things resonated. For my audience, my open rate really went up when I kept them short and sweet, spoke from my heart, okay, and just stayed on one topic, which interestingly, this is where we are always our best test subject. That's what I would want to read. Yeah. And so in a way, each one I'm writing to myself. Oh, I like that. Just like books. Yes. Right. Um, Because it's interesting. I love your your newsletter because it's not really, really long. Thank you. I can yeah. sit down and eat, you know, it doesn't take away from my, my writing too long. I can read it. I get exactly what I need. It's, it's, you know, bam, bam, bam. It's not a whole lot of fluff. So, um, thank you. Yeah. That's what I prefer too. I would also, <laughs> Kim, you might already be doing this, but I would pick a set time for marketing. So often it looms over us. It's like this thing that we have to do and then it doesn't get done because it's yeah. on the to-do list and not on our calendar. So for me, on Wednesday afternoons and Friday afternoons, I have marketing time. So I don't have that sense of pressure and guilt where I'm like, oh, I really need to be marketing. No, I know when it's going to get done. If I'm going to post, it's generally in the morning before I sit down to write. Interesting. Because I was wondering about that because I make Wednesdays. Wednesday is what I call work day. It's the day that I get, like I said, all the nuts and bolts. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I still do some writing, but it's more of the like I said, the marketing, but I feel like I, I was, I have felt like I needed to market every single day mm-hmm. because I'm a little known author. Yeah. Um, so that kind of takes some of the pressure and the stress off to just yeah. do it maybe a couple of days a week. Yeah, I would try that. Okay. I like that. That's great. Cause most often when I'm working with writers and they're like, I'm not doing it, we go to the feeling, not the tactics. Why aren't you doing it? Because it feels too big. It feels overwhelming. It feels like so much pressure. It does. And the way to take that off, we're going to work on your thoughts about it too. One of my thoughts is just one thing at a time. I don't have to do it all. Doing one thing well is better than doing a bunch of things that don't work. Your thoughts might be different, but just begin to think about how can I basically consider this in a way that makes me feel good and not bad, and then adding the habit to that. So that's kind of the strategy part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's hard for women to do mm-hmm. one thing at a time. We feel like we have to. We're socialized to do all the plate spinning, 
running mm-hmm. around, yes. playing the kazoo <laughs> while we do it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, insanity, basically. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay, this, wow. Um, you took all of the scary things and made it sound so simple. <laughs> I love it. It is simple. And here's the thing. Really think about how can you get better in one area? And then once that becomes habitual, you can add more to it. But if you look at any author whose career you really admire, mm-hmm. with very few exceptions, and I maybe even no exceptions, they don't do everything. No, they don't. In order to produce the work, they focus on a couple things so that they're not spending more time marketing than writing. Yeah. Because I do, I feel like I said, I get so discouraged because I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall. I'm watching all these other authors and and their advertising is just going everywhere. And then you've got people telling you, oh, you need Amazon ads. You need Facebook ads. You need this ad. You need this. You need that. And it's like, it's all you need a book. (laughs) You need a book to sell. Yes. (laughs) Everything else is optional. Got it. And I do think it can get a little overwhelming looking at the writing collective, right? All writers, because you're seeing all the pieces and it looks like, oh, crap, I have to do all of those things. But in reality, that's just not true. Wow. Ads are my next frontier. I haven't tackled them with any skill. And it felt really overwhelming to me until I truly broke it down like I just told you. Of Okay, found a free course. We're going to look at this and figure out how to do it. That's the thing for this next two weeks. Then from there, we'll work on graphics. So it's really breaking it down into pieces, putting those pieces on the calendar is really one of the best ways to combat that overwhelm. All right. Put on calendar. I need that. Yeah. Because your to-do list, it's trying to kill you. Like, be careful. Oh, Lord. Put it in the calendar. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just like, oh my gosh, all these things. Yeah. I have, I have stick up colored sticky notes all over to mm-hmm. organize myself and all it does make it look like a mess. And then I get freaked out because there's all this stuff in front of me. Just put it in the calendar. Truly. Okay. There's that saying, what gets measured uh, gets done. Mm-hmm. This is almost like what gets calendar gets done. I like that. What gets calendared. <laughs> That's really cute. You need to market that. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is what I needed today. I just needed permission. I'm so glad. Yeah, because I keep watching all these these webinars, you know, um, on marketing this, marketing that. And I'm like, okay, I get it, but it's just not working. So now I get it. I'm just overthinking and stressing. As we're wanting to do, like the things that make us great writers sometimes get in our way in other areas. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That sensitivity, the overthinking, all of those things that make you so brilliant on the page, you have to really monitor it elsewhere. Yeah. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I'll be here. You all know where to find me. There you go. So good, Kim. Thank you. I really appreciate this. This is going to help so many people. Thank you. You really helped me. <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure. Want to get coached on this podcast? Visit evenbetter.co. That's evenbetter.co to sign up and to learn more about how you can create an even better career as an author. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to leave a brief review. Thanks so much for listening.